Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Uncertified and Unqualified. I'm Anna. And I'm Rita. And today, we're going to talk about gardening. gardening. So, gardening. Yeah. I'm an expert. I, I know how to garden. I know uh, how to do the things. I got it. I can do it. Shapes and colors. <laughs> I don't... I I know next to nothing about gardening. Um, uh, yeah. I, 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 I like the pretty flowers. I, I know that you put seeds in ground, you water, and then things come up out to of ground. To be honest, I'm not even keeping my succulents very alive right now. Um, <laughs> I struggle sometimes. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm very sorry about that. But, but you know, I I like the concept of gardening. I appreciate it for what it is. I think it's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful thing. And I also also like how gardening is being used as a form of protest. Did, did you like that little transition bow, bow, bow. there? I think that was good because it is. It's being used as a form of protest, which is kind of kind of cool, kind of funky, kind of love it. <laughs> the concept that we're specifically looking at as gardening as a form of protest is called guerrilla gardening. Yes. So your own news so kindly explains to us that guerrilla guerrilla gardening. Gorilla. Gorilla. <laughs> Where'd you get Go- your grills from? <laughs> Got him from a Johnny Dang. <laughs> you lying? Yeah. <laughs> Gorilla gardening. That's that's how you say it. Um, is the act of cultivating plants in a public space, usually in a spot that is not otherwise being cared for, often with the aim of improving the surroundings and protecting the environment. It has a range of benefits from improving biodiversity to keeping temperatures low. And if you want to look more into keeping temperatures low and climate change, you should listen to our climate change episode that we did last season. Absolutely, because uh, that was a fun time. I liked it. So, a 2016 study from Johns Hopkins Center for a Livable Future found that urban agriculture could actually increase social capital, community well-being, and civic engagement with the food system. So it also, and on top of that, it enhances food security, feud, feud security, food security, <laughs> ecosystems, and improves the health and well-being of residents. Which is Yay! super dope, especially in cities where urban development and urban decay is mm-hmm. such a real thing. And taking these spaces that are go- undergoing the process of urban decay and turning it back to the earth that was stripped from it is just, mm-hmm. again, a super cool thing and is something that is so intersectionally beneficial Mm -hmm. for the environment for food security for everything else that we've already just listed my little tangent urban planning i don't like it i don't like the direction we've gone in i want some more green i want some more walkable areas that's just my little tangent that's something i would appreciate yeah the cars not a fan not a fan of the cars it's gross it's gross that's a little different from gardening but that's how i feel but gardening gorilla gardening could help with that Absolutely. And Jenny Van Van Gestel, sorry if I mispronounce her name and she's (laughs) listening, um, she's the coordinator of Guerrilla Gardeners NL and explains how transforming one street can have a far-reaching impact on the environment, saying that stones and tarmac capture the heat. When you remove stones and add plants, then you know how the temperatures that won't you know the temperatures won't rise so as much. She also says that there's water retention as well. We have floods nowadays because of climate change, or we have really dry periods or time or other certain time periods like that. Adding more greens means that you have better water management. So not only does it help with 
climate and food security also helps with irrigation and water systems, mm-hmm. which is, like, again, super cool so because important. water scarcity, again, is a very real thing. Yes, and obviously we've seen, with even the past two years, how bad flooding as well as super dry periods have been. I mean, if you think about L.A. and how it, like, never rains there. No, and how, like, Not three quarters of California has burnt to the ground at least once. Yes, yes, exactly. And then you think about... What has flooded recently? Uh, I mean, Florida's just straight up a marsh all the time. I mean, so. yeah. <laughs> um, just think about a place that you know that's flooded, like flash flooded, like boom, just took it all away. Maybe this could be a little helpful for it. You know, we're adding some green. You're adding some stability, adding some areas. It's not so dry. It's not so hot. It's really nice. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it adds that climate stability, which is super nice. And Ellen Miles, who was a climate activist and the founder of the social enterprise Dream Green, which is, I think, a really fun name, echoes mm-hmm. the need for urban agriculture from a more political point of view. And she says that it's a direct action against nature deprivation and depletion, highlighting the issue of biophobic urbanization while fighting it. It's fighting for people, plants, and the planet by taking action into your own hands. It's anarchic in the purest sense and is challenging the status quo of what we've been taught cities should look like and who can have the power and the right to shape them. Again, urban planning, the very concrete jungle concept. I don't love it. I want some green. I want to protest a little bit. I want to, you know, get out there and protest against our climate change and changing ecosystem that is very detrimental to our health. Plant a little garden. Make it a community thing. Have a little fun. Right, exactly. And especially for communities that, you know, don't have that sense of community right now, Mm -hmm. considering COVID and just multiple other things. It's a good Mm -hmm. way, especially in the summer and in the spring, to get outside and have an outside activity to participate in, to create these gardens. And I mean, again, considering that it is guerrilla gardening, maybe some of it isn't the most legal, but you know, like... What's, what's a little illegality among friends, you know? It's a protest. You, you, That's you, the point. You caught it here, folks. What's a little legal- <laughs> illegality among friends? So, again, Jenny Van Gessel in the Netherlands works with municipal governments to identify green projects together that can work with local civil servants. She also tries to encourage locals in the area to get involved in areas near them. So the Garden of Earthly Delights is also another um, area that people are doing this across the world. It's one of London's newest community gardens, and it has seen the rise of edible gardens in recent years, now more than 2,500 officially registered. So that is very fun and very cool. And communities are working together to grow their their own vegetables in the face of food insecurity, a push for more green spaces, and to tackle climate change. And it says their their company line was to tackle climate change one courgette, which I, I don't know, or corget, I don't know. No, it's courgette. courgette. You got it, you got it. How, I don't know how that's, I've never had one, but I didn't know <laughs> that it was a summer squash. It's like a zucchini. Fun. Didn't Love know that. that. Thank you, company line. But <laughs> they're tackling climate change one courgette at a time. How Amazing. poetic. Beautiful. So, um... Auburn Bailey, the operations manager of Cultivate London, has um, actually said it's about giving a green space for the community to use. He manages various sites across West London where um, young people, unemployed people, are getting taught landscaping, horticulture, and how to grow food, which is really cool. I think that's also a super critical thing, especially for people that are like low income Mm -hmm. and lots of things like that, facing job insecurity, Mm -hmm. creating this 
other sense of this other source of output and income Mm -hmm. and And you're like kind of putting in what you're getting out of it you know you're making your own food that's kind of a it's not gonna have all the gross things corporations put into it Mm -hmm. it's gonna be probably a lot healthier Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're also creating a community at the same time and you're getting young people involved they can start building it and passing it down to young people when they get older and then unemployed people who you know this is something that they're uh creating to create a community and maybe they'll make some connections they're growing their own food too which in itself is great for them absolutely it solves that again solves that food insecurity problem which mm-hmm. stems from unemployment so it it solves yeah. it solves mm, solves one problem <laughs> that stems from that larger issue yeah i actually have a quote here from bailey he says the aim is to grow a variety of plants and food for humans and pollinators and ultimately encourage new developments in london to build green and biodiverse spaces into their plants we hope to increase awareness of protecting the environment and becoming more sustainable by growing our own food we're reconnecting people with the environment nature and local food systems that helps restore nature and it also helps people yeah, so it just, again, it has that duality of, like, being an environmental thing. Because, I mean, cities are called the concrete jungle for mm-hmm. a reason, you know? And especially, like, in the wake of, you know, in the early 1900s, corporations destroying cities by just pumping so much, like, noxic and toxic shit into the cities. It just, it helps to cleanse that space and to, mm-hmm. to, to make an impact, even if it's, you know a two by four garden in one block of a city it's it's making a difference one bit at a time yeah and in san antonio in 2007 specifically um there was a potential that was realized of a land when the southwest your workers union um an organization that unites workers communities and youth in the struggle for dignity and justice decided to launch a um environmental and food justice initiative the roots of change urban garden and co-op so diana lopez who is the coordinator of this organization says even if you don't feel comfortable protesting in the street you can be in the garden protesting and transforming gardening is a form of protest there's laughter there's some form of music there's food it's a relaxing atmosphere that lets people create things it welcomes and it heals so it really is again just creating that sense of community and it's also a protest it is a very political thing you are deliberately taking a spot of land that is being unused and uncared for by a city or a town ordinance or borough or council etc etc um and you are saying no i'm gonna grow something here i'm gonna grow something green i'm gonna grow something that's good for the environment i am going to say hey this is our earth this is our land we can do this we can you know help save the environment and even if it's not in a super significant way it's gonna help that one community yeah absolutely and even bringing that into like the fact that farmers markets are now becoming such a large Mm -hmm. thing because of eliminating those you know like gross noxic toxic mm-hmm. whatever noxious not noxic um <laughs> thing i, I was a new word too. a new word thank you english minor <laughs> um that it, it will just bring in more of those potential things which you know farmers markets could be a source of income for a community yeah. especially if you have those small farmers who exactly. are always horribly 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 undervalued and do not make money compared to big pharma not pharma as in drugs i'm sorry big farms (laughs) corporations i don't know the specific word for them but also a little tidbit is that i have recently learned the best 
way to be lower your carbon footprint and be environmentally conscious is not necessarily veganism, but shopping for your food as locally as you can. So going to those uh, farmer's markets and creating your gorilla garden with vegetables is the best way to go because it's not doing all of the transportation that it takes. You're not using a lot of toxins in your uh, food. It's grown locally. It's it's a lot better for the and environment. Plus it removes its, its healthy, its vegetables, its fruits, yeah. its natural food. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to your grocery store and buying those corporate fried mm-hmm. chemical pumped foods. Or, you know, buying that corporate vegan patty. Yeah, um, exactly. That ha- still has to use, grow, be transported miles and miles. and Grow a mushroom. <laughs> cook that sucker and make it a burger that's okay it's it's not for everyone but you know it's it's a good idea it's a good it's a good i don't know if i can it's a good concept i can try maybe we we can try we can try our best but yeah go to a farmer's market too while you're at it uh farmer's markets are really fun too it's like an experience take your friends with you it's a it's a great time i enjoy it you know and with all of this there's a sense of community and like codependence of it all and it Mm -hmm. rejects this like individualism and big organic who pretends to be sustainable it's Uh, looking at you whole foods Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's it's working with your community to make something for yourself and others and to add green to the area that you're in i truly love this idea like i don't know i i read something about this and i was like hey we need to make this an episode because this just sounds so cool and like such a unique way to protest and a unique way to also build community and solidarity with one another especially you know i go to school in ithaca new york and ithaca has just become the first Heck carbon yeah. neutral city shout out in the ithaca United States. let's go let's go ithaca i go to american university and they're the first carbon neutral college in the united states hey. look at us look at us go but just and to keep that progress going guerrilla gardening and gardening just in general as a form of protest is I think a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm, yeah, and there, I mean, there's so many spaces that you could pop up a little small garden. It doesn't even need to be like vegetables. If it's a truly a little small space, you could just do some flowers, some plants, and you know, it's really easy to get started. Just find an open public space, and if you are worried about the legalities, because I, I would be anxious about that, reach out to local government and make sure it's okay if you really are nervous. Yeah, especially for little tip if you are in a city and you live near a college you probably live near a shitload of depressed college students who rely their happiness on plants true so if you grow house plants yes that's a solid way to make money absolutely just saying yes. just throwing it absolutely. out there if you can afford to do it hey i'm just saying who, who, who am I saying? Who am I saying? <laughs> and going back to Jenny Van Gessel, she actually has some suggestions. So if you are really considering doing this, uh, think about dogs, people, and other hazards that might come along that could upset the little area you're trying to grow. And also pick plants that are hardy, resilient, and able to cope with climate without too much assistance from you. Otherwise, you will just have to keep coming back very repeatedly to tend to the plants, which means less time you can spend on new areas. But also, if you want to just stick to one area, maybe... Maybe you can uh, branch out a little bit and try something a little different that might need a little more of your attention. Right. And even if you do just choose to focus on that one area, you can, you know, maybe test your boundaries, expand, um, be willing to try new things, Mm -hmm. you know? On top of that, though, also do make sure you're taking into account um, what kind of wild bees could be attracted, uh, butterflies, and uh, just you know, thinking about, like, the indigenous species in the area that could affect it. Just uh, make sure 
just think about that before you do it. But also, you kind of have the freedom to plant pretty much anything you want. Flowers, food, other plants, you know, do your thing. Absolutely. And, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but, like, seeing gardens and cities just in general will be, like, a pretty, pretty Mm -hmm. dope thing. Living in a concrete jungle all my life and having to drive out of the city to just see a blade of grass that's not artificial is not a way that I would want to live. But there are people who do live their lives in cities and don't have a choice because it because of financial hardship or anything else like that. Mm-hmm. So they're having these green spaces and being able to green up these spaces and providing more food security and reducing environmental harm and all harm and all that kind of stuff is sounds you know all that kind of good stuff sounds pretty dope to me. It's a great blend of community politics, protesting and environmental yayness. Yes, we love we love to see a good bit of green. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I just thought this was a really interesting idea. I thought this is such a unique way to go about things and to create change. Um, whether how small or big you go with it, how wide it gets, or how personal it gets, it's it's something truly unique and interesting that is a great idea. So yeah. think about it. Absolutely. And while you're thinking about it, we appreciate you getting the ideas from us. And on that, thank you for listening to Uncertified and Unqualified. You can find us on Instagram at Uncertified and Unqualified Pod. And you can find us on any streaming service you find your podcasts on every other Monday. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.